This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Idell, and today, live from Pennsylvania, Kristen Ramazana. Kristen, how are you? I'm awesome. How are you? I am better for getting to spend some time with you. This is super exciting for me because you're one of the first interviewees from a post that I put on Facebook, right? Like, who are the brilliant powerhouses that I have to interview throughout this year and next year? And your name was tagged, and you are there, and then you reached out, and here we are. So it's really, really cool for me. I'm super, super excited to be here. I saw your post and I was just kind of like, fuck it. I never put myself out there and do these kinds of things. But, you know, that's the, my brand is fearless and, you know, going forward and doing, you know, everything you want to do. So I took action and I'm thrilled to be here talking to you today. I love it. I love it. So before we dive into all the brilliance that's you, right, there's so many things to cover about you specifically. I'd like to start these interviews with a, like a powerful question. And you've been an entrepreneur for a while now, right? You've skinned your knees, as I'd like to say that all of us have in this space. What is one lesson that you think that every new business owner should know before they jump in? Um, I think the most important thing to remember is to just be yourself and to be authentic and to not try to build a business around what you think other people want to see from you or, you know, don't portray yourself the way you think other people, you know, want you to be because that won't resonate with the right audience and you'll never find your tribe that way. I love that. So how did, how did you learn that lesson? Right. To me, the lessons that we learn are typically because at least with me, like I fucked a bunch of stuff up, which is the only way I learned lessons. Like I'm a really slow learner that way. So how did you get, what I'm hearing is know your ideal client avatar and make sure that aligns with the greater good that is you, right? Don't, don't cater to just them. How did, did you just know that? Was that just something that, like you just inherently knew or did you have to learn a lesson to get to that? Oh no, I definitely learned the hard way, <laughs> but, um, I'm actually grateful for, grateful for it in hindsight. Um, my entire life, I was a chronic people pleaser to my own detriment. And I said yes to everything. And I you know, was horribly anxiety ridden and like super resentful about it. And, you know, after doing a lot of soul searching and introspection, it was all my own fault because I couldn't say no to anything. And I was too busy trying to make everybody else happy and be everything that I thought everybody else wanted me to be that I actually lost myself completely. And I, I didn't know who I was and I sure as shit couldn't build a business on that. So kind of going all the way back to square one and finding myself and then realizing that I would never, ever sacrifice that again for, you know, someone to like me or to try to get business. And ironically, once I did that, I only attracted like the most incredible people into my life and the most loyal, fascinating, amazing clients. And so I am like super grateful for that experience because I don't think it would have led me to, you know, where I was today personally or in business. I love it. So Kristen, how long ago was that? Right. I'm, I'm always curious about the the way that we got to where we're at now. Like it's, it's social media age, right? You and I are all sunshine and roses, right? I got all my shit together when really it's not like, but that's the way we present ourselves. How long ago did this ball bounce for you to that get to this point? It, honestly, it, my entire life has been people pleasing in, you know, middle school. I was like valedictorian of my eighth grade class doing everything right in high school. There was all this pressure on me to do everything under the sun that like I wasn't doing anything for me at all. And so kind of hit like total burnout. And in college, I kind of rebelled against this like idea of perfection that everybody else had placed on me and then that I had placed on me to achieve the validation and favoritism that I was receiving. And 
kind of had to restart. So from like 19 to 22 was probably like the roughest patch of my life personally and professionally. And, you know, even into, you know, 22, 23, 24, I was working for a business that unfortunately had a horrible culture and does not value the individual and the management was extremely toxic and extremely, extremely manipulative. So that kind of like made me fuel the people pleasing more just in fear of like getting fired. And actually almost a year ago, I quit my job when I just completely was fed up with, you know, everything. I was fed up with having anxiety all day, every day for no reason and being controlled and manipulated to not be happy or be treated or paid like I was worth. And so honestly, over the past couple of years, I was really working on like the people pleasing, but really within the past year, has it been like, has it been me regaining like the control and power of my life and myself? I, I love it. It sounds like, it almost sounds like if I didn't know better, you were working at a company that I used to run a long time ago. <laughs> the, the manipulating and the, the posturing and the not healthy culture. Like I was bad enough that I knew that I should build culture, right? Like buy people lunch and get massages and do all the fun stuff that way. But it was this like backhanded, it's because I knew I was supposed to, it was never because I wanted to. And I know that people could feel that. Like it, it wasn't yeah. a real authentic culture. But let's chat about your coaching business for a second, right? Because you have, right, I kind of, I see some of the why now, I think, right? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but if you were a people pleaser and that was kind of the, the story, so much of what you do now is empowerment, right? I mean, it's not just coaching. I mean, it's, I'd like to know more about it specifically, right? What, what your thoughts are, how you walk somebody through the paths that you walk them through, who your ideal client is, right? Just kind of the, the background. Okay. Um, yeah. So my coaching really is empowerment. And, you know, I, I use fitness, nutrition, and life coaching as a catalyst for personal transformation. You know, when I started, you know, in the fitness industry at like 17, I just kind of wanted to be a trainer because I, you know, I, I liked working out and I, you know, like the way it made me feel confident wise. Um, but, you know, really now when someone comes to me, it's not just to work out. It's not just getting in shape or getting abs. And, you know, I do have some clients who just, you know, want to work out and feel good. But for the most part, I'm working with people who have some serious pain points in their life and they're either miserable with themselves and they're massively insecure and it's dictating everything they do down to how they let people treat them. Or they have like a super fucked up relationship with food and their body and exercise. And so it's really empowering them to regain control of their life and to not be trapped by like their own demons per se with their body image and, you know, using healthy, you know, tactics and healthy, you know, mindset work around fitness, nutrition, and then really diving into their insecurities and their, their fears and their defense mechanisms and everything that they're doing to keep themselves exactly where they are and kind of using all of that combined to catapult them into their highest self, the, the self, the version of them that will, you know, feel healthy and confident and strong, but, you know, only have that be a small portion of their life and, you know, really help them focus on living fearlessly. So it's not just having them, you know, work out five days a week. We are using fitness, however it needs to be used for them to help them be incredibly strong and fearless and powerful and to step into that power and that confidence so that they can do anything they want, even the things that at one point they thought they would never be able to accomplish. That's beautiful. That's, that's so incredible. So when you look at that, Kristen, are you, are all your clients local to you? Do you train virtually? Like what's, what's your delivery mechanism? Um, I, I actually have a mix. I have 
some people who are in person with me and I have some people who I've actually never met and they only work with me in the online space. And, you know, that's equally as gratifying and empowering. And sometimes people have actually an easier time being extremely real and authentic about their pain points and about what they're struggling with when they're not, you know, with me in person standing in front of me. Like I've actually had some clients that have taken extremely long amounts of time opening up and really conveying to me how miserable they are in their life in their marriage, with their body, with, you know, a variety of things. And so regardless of where they are, the, the help and the empowerment and the coaching is just as powerful. That's incredible. So is, is all your coaching, Chris, is it one-to-one? Do you do a leverage model? Is it one-to-many? Like I'm always curious as I, as I get to spend time with other coaches, my, my story this time last year, I had 34 or 35 one-to-one clients and they were all right? An hour, hour and 15 a piece. And it was all virtual like you and I are. And so I was carrying so much emotional stuff, right? Between, I look at life as a four dimensional reality, fitness, faith, family, and finance. And so every piece is, is kind of intertwined. And I would definitely call myself a life coach, but certainly, you know, business and body related. Um, and I hated my life, right? Like I love coaching. I love seeing the changes, but having that much one-to-one time I just burn out by Friday, right? I would go home and just fall asleep at like seven. My wife hated it. Fall asleep by seven, eight <laughs> o'clock on a Friday night because I was my my gas tank was empty. So I'm always curious with with coaches. Are you at that same point? Did you skip over that? Are you in the midst of potentially going through it right now? Because it's real. Like we carry baggage for people. Oh yeah, it's definitely real. Um, you know, I'm kind of like my entire life, I've really learned the hard way with pushing myself too much. I've like burned myself out on multiple occasions to the point where I think the burnout was just like steady with like brief periods of feeling slightly better. And so I think for me, the biggest thing was to, you know, know my value and know how much I'm helping people to price myself high enough so that I'm not working from you know, crazy hours and dealing with a lot of people and being on my feet and talking and interacting and, and, you know, taking on that emotional baggage definitely does wear you down by the end of the week. And so in order for me to be my best self, to help other people and, and to convey the empowering coaching that I need to convey the, you know, online space and, you know, group coaching, um, and like even, you know, coaching programs are definitely, the way to go in my eyes compared to me having done like everything one-on-one it's exhausting and it definitely does not allow you to bring your best to any client session. I, I could not agree more. And I'm glad that you have learned that lesson much more rapidly than I have. Right. I was, I was a slow learner, which I've, I've never been accused of being smart. So it may, it makes sense. <laughs> it took a while. So let, let's talk about, um, I'll call it the changes, right? The changes that you're going to walk a client through and Right. We've touched a lot on the physical side of things, but to have those lifelong lasting changes, it's more than just it. I'm assuming it has to be more than just eat this way, train this way, sleep this way. There has to be more to it. Right. I mean, I get the impression that you're a lot deeper than just, you know, go walk on the treadmill for 20 minutes and eat some chicken and rice. What's how do you navigate the, I'll say the psyche, the subconscious, the conscious and the physical the body? How does that work for you? Um, I mean, honestly, that's the most important part because, you know, coming out of school and getting certified and doing everything the way, you know, checking all the boxes, the way society and, you know, different 
certifying bodies, you know, tells you to do really does not prepare you to deal with the most important part. And that's the part that allows the progress to be sustainable. So when I would just give people arbitrary information, they would never stick with it. And so it's frustrating then for the client because they're not getting long lasting results and, or any, and it's frustrating for me because I felt like my clients weren't doing shit. They weren't getting anywhere. They weren't making any progress. So you know, the most important part and, and the first part is really getting to know like why somebody is where they are. And sometimes it takes a little bit of digging. So sometimes it has to start off, especially with an in-person um, situation, a little bit more surface and just kind of talking to them and getting to know them during a workout or during a consultation. And the more I can find out about them, that's kind of how we can dive deeper into it because people don't end up miserable and then they don't keep themselves there because they love their life and they're living their passion and they're happy in their marriage and they're happy with themselves. So all of that is honestly the most important part because if they are miserable with themselves and they're miserable in their life and they have a job that is just like sucking the life out of them, they will never be able to make sustainable progress because they are numbing their pain and their misery with food, with alcohol, with, you know, God knows what, and it, it will never allow them to appreciate their body and feel good during their workouts and have a good relationship with food. So I try to dive into that as, as much as I possibly can earlier on so that somebody isn't like, you know, grinding their gears and then burning out, you know, working out in the gym, but then like downing a bottle of wine every night because they hate their life. Right. Right. So what would you say to somebody that's going through that right now? Right. Look, I, I'm, I'm not a drinker, but let's say that I, you know, confess to you that I'm hungover right now and that, right. I, I polish off a 12 pack. Gosh, I'm natty light, right. I'll go back to my college. <laughs> I, I, I'm doing so well for myself. I'm splurging on natty light when I go home and I'm drinking a 12 pack. What would you have me do? Honestly, the most important thing is to not like self deprecate and to not like try to get away from the negative emotions when I have clients who beat themselves up about it because they know what they're doing is not productive. It's counterintuitive and they're wasting their money and they're wasting their time. And sometimes they feel bad for, they feel like they're wasting mine is to get out of that guilt pattern because if they feel bad about it, then they're like, well, fuck it. I already fucked up. And then they, they start going down that like negative path of like, well, you know, I'm not worthy of this. I can never do this. And then they start drinking more, eating more. So kind of stepping back and just being like, okay, that was an isolated incident that was a learning point that does not have to trickle into today. That doesn't have to trickle into tomorrow. What were the feelings that you had that, that launched that behavior? How did you feel after that? You know, what could you have done differently instead of that? Maybe having some accountability. So a lot of times people will do that because there is no accountability. There's no check-in that's going to happen. There's no workout that's going to happen immediately after there's no contact outside of like a single workout or you know, maybe they have no structure and they're just trying to go to the gym on their own. So, you know, having the accountability and then really like talking through that to prevent that from happening again and, and diving into that to see why it was happening in the first place. That's beautiful. I mean, that, that just, it's so, the logic behind that is so profound that it obviously works, right? But it, what I find to be interesting is how difficult it is for most of us to get out of our own way, right? Like, right. You say it out loud, I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But if left to my own devices, I would have never come up with that. Right. And I, I've, I've seen it so many times where clients will get frustrated with themselves or have a bad day. And, you know, everybody has or needs that release in some way. And when it's not a healthy coping mechanism, they're drinking, they're eating too much, or they're just like throwing in the towel and being like, fuck it. And they're tearing through their kitchen, but then they feel worse. And then if they let that guilt sit, then, then it really turns into something that's going to cause problems where an isolated incident, a bag of M&Ms, uh, you know, half a bottle of wine, like you can recover from that 
physically and not just destroy all of the hard work you did in the gym, but mentally there's a lot more that has to be done there to prevent that from being a continuous cycle. So what do you do to, to release steam, right? Like, again, we, we covered it when we started the, the conversation between us that we carry baggage and there's a lot of weight that goes into this. I think to do, to be an effective coach, whether it's life or business or, you know, body transformation, there's a lot that goes on. How do you take care of yourself? Like, what, what do you do for, for fun, for enjoyment? How do you hold time and space for you? Um, I mean, I, first and foremost, I set hard boundaries with my schedules. Um, for the most part, I don't work on the weekends with in-person clients. And when I initially set my schedule that way, people acted like I was crazy because they're like, what, you're a personal trainer. You're not going to work on Saturdays. And I was like, no, because in my entire life, Saturdays belong to somebody else. When I was in the dance world, I was in the studio or in the theater. It, there was always something I had to do on the weekend. And so I was like, nope, that that's my time now. I can travel. I can go to the shore. I can get, I can plan a weekend trip. I can do nothing. I can see my friends. I can see my family. I have a therapist. I have, you know, certain things in place that I can, you know, go to, to, make sure that I am taking care of me and that I am, you know, I put things in place. I, I schedule my therapy sessions out so that I know I'm not going to get to a place where I'm too overwhelmed, too burnt out, too stressed out because that will affect my business and all of the people that I'm working with. Well, I, that I think you're touching base on something I think is so profoundly impactful that I want to make sure that we give it its time and space that it's due. That's the fact of going to therapy, not because I'm going to project for a second. I don't think there's something quote unquote wrong with you or anybody that goes to therapy. It's like preventative maintenance. It's going to get your, your tires rotated on your car so that you don't eventually get a flat spot. Like you're so aware of yourself from what I'm hearing that you realize that you need someone to dump or give you perspective or whatever the reasons are. How long have you been going to, to a therapist for? Is it, can you share some of I like to break down the, the misconception around therapy, right? Because I don't have a psychology degree. I, I, I like psychology books. And I've done plenty of, you know, personal development work. But there's just this crazy misnomer to me that because you go see a therapist or psychiatrist or psychologist, that you're fucked up. And I think it's the opposite. I think you're, you're more put together by going to those, those individuals. Absolutely. Honestly, I'm the biggest advocate of therapy and mental health because I have seen what it's done to my life. I am a completely different person having gone to therapy and having worked on myself. I don't think I'd be where I am in my relationship, um, in my personal life with my friends or family or in my business if I hadn't. And I also think that, you know, you're stronger for admitting that you want to work on yourself and that maybe you have some issues that you need to resolve and you're doing everybody in your life a favor, yourself first and foremost, but all of the people who love and care about you. Because if you have baggage or issues that you're not dealing with, I, in my eyes, it's super selfish to just force everyone to deal with it because you can't deal with it yourself. And so I, my entire life have had anxiety from like the earliest point I can remember. And I love my family to death, but nobody was super like, I guess like knowledgeable about mental health. Mm -hmm. So that was never something that was discussed. And I, it was never really something that crossed my mind. Like I just grew up feeling like anxiety. So I didn't, I just thought that that's how people felt. Like that just like was a thing that, that humans experienced until I was sitting in an abnormal psychology class in college. And we got to the anxiety disorder section and I'm sitting there and she's going through all of the symptoms and I'm like, Oh, oh my God, I have this. And I was probably like 19 or 20 at the time. And had always wanted to go to therapy, but 
I think there's, there's like two stigmas. There's the stigma of like, if you're like real fucked up, you don't want to like go and admit and talk about it. And it's like really scary to have to dig down into all the trauma. But then there's like this other part of like people who don't feel like they're fucked up enough. So I kind of felt like, well, I had a good life, right? Like I, I, I don't, well, what am I going to like do waste her time talking about what? Like, so I never really thought I had like a right, I guess, to go until I was like 22 and my personal life was just like hitting the fan. There were certain aspects of um, the relationship that I was in and the stress that I was taking on because I had poor boundaries and I just had a lot of stress from being in a toxic work environment and like shit was just fucking hitting the fan and I couldn't stop talking about it to people. And then I was like, oh shit, like I obviously need to talk to somebody about this. So I can't like, you know, it's, it's, (laughs) it's so wrong to make everyone hear about it all the time when you're doing nothing to like fix it. So I got a referral from somebody who knew me and knew this therapist really well and just thought we'd click. And we did. I got really lucky because I know people who go to therapists or therapists and they just like don't vibe. And it's a process. It's like finding the right trainer, the right business coach. Like it, it takes time. And I got really lucky, but it completely changed my life. And I am the biggest advocate of it because I would have, I would never be able to take on the stress of my business or be a good coach or a good friend or a good significant other if I hadn't gone and, and dealt with everything. I love that so much. Congratulations. That's, that's incredible. So how long have you been with your therapist for? And only one the whole time. Um, yep. Only one the whole time. It's been like five and a half years now. That is so amazing. I mean, dead serious. Congratulations. Like that's to number one, to be aware enough to know it and then to go through it and then the ongoing care. Cause I think that's another one of the things that I see with either clients or in my own life, you get to a certain point, you're like, all right, well, like, when is it over? At least with me, like, okay, I'm, I'm an A-type personality, I'm an achiever, like, where's, when's the next benchmark? And so, like, fix me, put me back together, help me see the blind spots, and when you see the blind spots, it's like, okay, I'm good, and then you go back out into the real world, and I wasn't all that good, right? So, I'm, I'm a believer in consistent long-term care and consistent coaching and mentorship from, again, people like a therapist. Someone that can just, I call it seeing the blind spots. I like somebody that isn't involved in the day-to-day minutia of what you or I would go through. They can simply say, yeah, you should probably go left up here. Like you think you want to go right. No, like you should probably consider left. Obviously therapists can't tell you, quote unquote, tell you which way to go. But <laughs> coaches can say all the time, like, no, no, you should definitely go left. Don't go right. Right. So, absolutely. Um, I also think that, you know, it's, it parallels working out. Like you never graduate from the gym. You're never done because if if you think you are, you just lose all of the progress. And so that's why I've, you know, I feel like a completely different person, but I would never just stop and drop off because that would be like me just, I'm like done with the gym. That that's not how it works. If you want to continue to grow and evolve. And so let's talk about the gym and diet for a second. What is the one diet that every person listening or watching should 100% follow? Oh, man. Um, I'm, I'm setting you up. There, there can't be just one <laughs> diet that everybody should no, follow. No, absolutely not. I think that regardless, there's a, there's a lot of different ways that somebody could achieve success with their diet. And I think that first and foremost, it has to be right for them. It has to fit into their lifestyle. It has to be sustainable and it has to allow some moderation. And so that's one of the biggest reasons why I'm not really a fan of any fad diet because most of them are temporary. They don't allow for moderation and they don't fit in your lifestyle because, you know, the biggest reason why 
people fail at diets is because it's temporary. They're going to diet for Christmas or they are going to lose weight for a wedding. And every time they do that in a crash diet sense, they're actually damaging their metabolism. They usually rebound to put more weight on than they had prior to dieting. And they end up having a harder time losing it because their body is just holding on to it every time they try to crash diet. And the reason why diets don't work per se or last is because not only are they temporary, but they don't allow you to enjoy your life. There's no moderation. They don't teach you how to go out and, you know, maybe have drinks with friends. They don't teach you how to have a cookie. They don't teach you moderation. And that is my like huge thing is I've done it on like both ends of the spectrum. I've been like the super intense gym rat who worked out six days a week and ate chicken out of a plastic bag. My clients would make fun of me because I would be like so dedicated, but I would have horrific anxiety about going out. I would either like not drink because I was terrified of the calories and I was terrified that it would lower my inhibitions enough that God forbid I ate something I really didn't want to eat. And my life was not fun. And I also didn't like my body. I was miserable. I was like beating myself into the ground. I was depriving myself too much. I just, I felt horrible. I didn't look my best. I didn't feel my best. And I just, I was treating myself like shit. And in turn, I let other people treat me like shit. I've also done it on the other side where I've like completely burned out from that and ate in like a total asshole and like didn't want to work out. And I felt just as shitty. So that sweet part spot of like, feeling good and exercising because you, you know, it's supporting your goals and it's making you feel better and look better and helping you be confident, but not ruling your life. And you're eating healthy to have energy and to support your goals, but it's also not keeping you from enjoying your life. Because the way I look at it, when you're like 80, 90 years old, if you're lucky enough to live that long, you're not going to look back on your life and be like, Oh my God, I'm so glad I ate that 30th kale salad. You're going to be like, Oh my God, that night that I was able to spontaneously go out with my friends and you know, do whatever was so awesome. That's what life is made of those little moments with the people that you love. And if fitness or nutrition gets in the way of you experiencing that, it is not worth it. Okay. I, I, I like that. I like where you're taking this. So then if I'm coming in for a consultation and I'm your client, do you believe in a macronutrient based profile? Like how I'm always curious because I'm, I know I'm in a dark room and have an oversized blue shirt on, but I'm into fitness quite a bit, right? I, I like biohacking and I call it life optimization. I like to, you know, whether it's constant blood glucose monitors or aura rings or whoops or anything I can do to track and monitor. Like I'm an engineer by, by mindset, by degree. So that's the most important part for me. But what I find fascinating is that there's 12, 15, 25 different ways that all of us kind of get to the same desired outcome, right? Like, I don't believe that keto works for everybody. I don't believe that if it fits your macros works for everybody. I don't believe that intermittent fasting works for everybody. But I'm really curious as to how you would approach, I'll say me, right? Like I'm a 30, 35 year old, man, time is flying. I'm 35, right? Um, 6'2 and 265 pounds. How does it look for you and I when we're laying out a meal plan for me? Um, like 95% of the time I work on a macronutrient basis. The 5% of the time I don't are, um, you know, I do work with a lot of young teens and I, I've worked with a lot of people with eating disorders and that's like a completely different way to approach something because people can become very obsessive about it and in a very unhealthy way. But for the average person who is coming in without any kind of like eating or disordered eating habits, macronutrients is the best way to go in my eyes because it allows you to be accountable, but it, it also allows you to personalize it. And, you know, from a scientific standpoint, if somebody is, doesn't know what they're eating, 
if they don't know that they're in a deficit or if they plateau with whatever they're eating, you know, to say eat less, that's like so arbitrary. How, what is less? Do you de- decrease portions? Do you skip meals? Do you cut snacks? Like what is less? And then from a body composition standpoint, cutting everything isn't really going to retain muscle if you are in aggressive, if you are in an aggressive deficit. So most of the time people just need that accountability and you know macronutrients teaches you how to eat so you know when i coach somebody with macros i don't believe in a meal plan i give them examples about how to hit their personalized numbers but when you hand somebody a meal plan you're basically doing all of the work for them but when they run out of oatmeal or chicken or whatever they like panic if they're on a meal plan like i've had clients who i wasn't nutrition coaching because they had a meal plan call me at like 11 p.m and be like i'm out of oatmeal what do i eat tomorrow and i'm just like you can eat anything within reason, you know? And so it, it macronutrients allows people to understand what's a carb and how many carbs and fats are in things. And it also allows them to have flexibility because that, that was the dangerous part for me when I was eating healthy and, you know, I was plateauing. I was like, well, I'll just eat less and less and less. And, and to a certain point, you can't cut food anymore and you can't work out harder. And there's like literally nothing else you can do. So macronutrients allows you to tweak things and also have flexibility because, you know, I've seen people have very disordered eating habits. And, you know, I used to be this way too, where like, you know, they only eat really healthy. And if they touched or breathed in the direction of something that was unhealthy, I mean, they would just lose it and some spiral out of control. Like I'd be the person who, if I had one M&M on a Tuesday and it wasn't my cheat day, I was like, fuck it. The day is ruined. Guess I'm going to go eat cake now. Like, and that's, that's so counterintuitive and like really puts you in a bad cycle. So removing that guilt and like, you know, to not demonize food anymore is really what like a lot of times helps people like recover from that, like, you know, disordered mindset around good food and bad food. There's nutrient dense foods. And then there's foods with like minimal nutrients. But at the end of the day, unless you're planning on never eating cookies again for the rest of your life, you really have to learn how to to eat everything in moderation. I love it. I love it. What about, what about the exercise as it sits? How many days a week would you recommend the average person gets to the gym sweats? Like what's your, Again, I don't want to give away all your secret sauce because after you answer this, I want to encourage people to reach out to you and connect with you that, you know, want more of your genius that's behind the scenes. But right, that's one of the things. There's so many, what I find fascinating, and I want to ask this as well, and I might as well ask it now and we'll get to it, is how you cut through all the noise of the marketplace, right? Because there's a lot of people that are listening that, oh, they really want to be a health and wellness professional. They want to be a life coach. And they're they're saying like, well, I can't because there's... 12 million other life coaches while it just happens to be those are seven people you follow on Facebook. But I'm super curious about number one, how, how things look in a workout world for you. How many days a week do you have to go to a gym? What does that look like? Um, it's different for everybody. You know, I work with people who, you know, just had babies and they barely have any time. I work with people who like own law firms and also barely have any time. Um, you know, ideally somebody working out anywhere from three to five days a week is really going to get the best results. One day a week really isn't cutting it. And we all have a lot more time than we think. So whether that means like doing crunches at night while your kids are watching TV or doing cardio while you surf your emails, like whatever you need to do to get something in, sometimes it does require sacrifice, but it does not have to be six days a week. I actually really don't ever advocate for somebody working out that much. Because even if your muscles feel recovered, your ligaments and tendons do not recover as quickly as your muscles. And it's going to create a lot of wear and tear, especially if you're aggressively dieting. And again, it's also not fitting into your life. If you're bound to the gym six days a week, which I was at one point by choice, you you don't get to live your life. You know, like I didn't, I was like, oh my God, I can't have to work out. Like I really do, um, you know, 
I'm a strong advocate of somebody taking a sustainable approach. And if three days a week is like really something that you can stick with, and maybe sometimes you get four, occasionally you get two, but for the most part, it's three, then we make those three days super intense and super effective because you at the end of the day, do not have to spend two plus hours in the gym every single day to get the results that you want. If you are doing all of the other stuff, eating right, getting sleep and working on your mindset and not getting in your own way. So that was the first part of your question. Um, And the second part is, yeah, there are a lot of personal trainers and there are a lot of nutrition coaches and life coaches, but you are different than anybody else in the world. And you have something to offer that is different. You had a different life experience. And so I think really finding a niche that you can resonate with and, you know, coaching on something from experience will help you be a little bit more relatable. So when I entered the personal training space and I was like, just a trainer, yeah, I got a couple of clients, but when I really started to be real about my own struggles and my own body image issues and my own anxiety issues and my own insecurities, and then kind of coach from that and combine it into a well-rounded service. It helped me retain clients better and, you know, get clients who are more invested. Like everybody just wants to have abs for the most part at first, but when you really find somebody who's willing to go the extra mile and get real with you and go way deeper and, you know, they want a full transformation and not just like one workout class a week, you'll get the clients that resonate with you and that will stay with you. Beautiful. And Kristen, then the listener that's hearing you, that is connecting with the brilliance that you're sharing, how do they get a hold of you? How do they reach out? How do they start going down a path of you? Um, so there's multiple ways. Uh, they are uh, able to find me through my website. The website is fearlessfitnesscoaching.com. And there's like tons of buttons that they can contact me um, through, or they can email me directly. My email is Kristen at fearlessfitnesscoaching.com. And Kristen, I'll make sure as you're listening to this, by the time this episode airs, it'll be in the show notes. You can just click Kristen's website and get right there. I'll also make sure that her email address is, is tagged. So you can press pause, go to the show notes inside of iTunes, and just one click connect with Kristen. Okay, Kristen. So now, now, now business person to business person. I'm always curious, what's the next rung the ladder you're shooting for, right? We all have goals and aspirations. I think that's part of, of what we are. And maybe it's this doesn't have to be the flowery answer. This doesn't have to be like, oh, I want to impact 12 people's lives. It could be. Nothing wrong with that. It can be like, I want to make a million dollars next year. What's, what's that next rung where you're like, I'm, I'm going after this in 2020? Because you already shared with me, you have some big things you're working on in, in 2020, which feel free to share if you'd like to. If not, it can be a surprise. Get on Kristen's mailing list. I'm sure she'll drop that as it comes. But what, do you, what are we shooting for next year? A lot, actually. Um, so as any good coach has a coach and people in their arsenal to help them per my current business coach. Uh, it's really pushing me to be uncomfortable and to set goals that are terrifying and like really don't have a clear A to B, but you know, we're really going to go with this and <laughs> hope that it leads to explosive growth. But I mean, ideally I, over the course of this next year, want to be ending the year making about like 75,000 a month, mostly through online sales. Um, you know, my goal is to get my YouTube channel up and running. And so now that all these people are hearing that, that is like my own personal accountability for it to be up January 1st, 2020. 
And, you know, down the line, I would really love to, you know, as I step more into the online space and away from like the in-person training stuff, be able to travel and hold like wellness retreats so that I can connect with people all over the world and really have them experience a transformative process with me, even if it's just for a weekend. I, I really love connecting with my clients. It is like beyond fulfilling. And so to be able to do that on an international scale would be a dream come true. And I think, especially with having a good business coach, it sounds like in your corner, I have no doubt you're, you're going to get there, right? Like, it just sounds like you have all the pieces put in place. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot. You didn't know this was going to happen, but <laughs> you just shared a YouTube channel would be, it's got to be live by January 1. So I get to control when this episode comes out. So it's going to come out sometime after January 1st. So okay. as you're listening to this, you have to go over to YouTube. I'll post Kristen's link as well. And you have to comment, get on, get on one of her videos, get on a her page, comment, follower page, give her some traction. YouTube has a whole bunch of algorithmic things behind the scenes, which super familiar with. It's really going to help as you listen, press pause, go to YouTube, connect with her there as well. So it's out there now, my friend, you absolutely <laughs> have to make this happen. I will now. Thank you so much for like the kick in the butt with that. You're welcome. So we know where you want to get to. What, what could you see that is a potential roadblock, right? What could stand between you and the 75K a month and more travel and more intervention, you know, more deep work over weekends and international retreats, things like that? What are the things that could be in the way? Um, you know, definitely just continuing to work on my mindset because that was like the biggest thing for me with anything. I mean, there was a point in time where I like, hated my body and never thought I would actually be able to like it, let alone love it and be proud of it. So, you know, to, to have that and have that be real and amazing, just, and I always try to remind myself, like it can be that way with money and income and my business can be that successful. And just because you're currently struggling or stressed out or burnt out or fucking broke, doesn't mean it has to stay that way. And so just always working on my mindset and, you know, doing things that make me uncomfortable continuously, despite the anxiety and like fear um, and also not getting distracted with the little stuff. Cause I find myself like when my day ends and it's like last night was 1145 PM. I had to be up at 5 AM today. And I'm like sending emails and like doing little things that like really aren't contributing to like a massive ROI makes me kind of step back and think like, okay, where am I undervaluing myself? Where am I getting distracted? And like, what am I pouring my time into that is like not serving me and the greater good of the business? Because if I'm tied up doing something stupid, I'm not helping people in a massive way. And so that's not productive. I, I, you're speaking my language now. I love this. So would you mind if I give you one or two things that I have found have completely shifted my business? Absolutely. I would love that. Wonderful. Wonderful. So do you have a free Facebook group yet? No, that was on the to-do list that didn't get to happen yet. That's all right. Beautiful. No, it's, it's okay. This is, to me, there's not enough collaboration between coaches and everybody wants to keep the secret sauce behind the scenes, right? So I shared with you last year, this time, 35 clients, one-to-one, -one, they're all, you know, 2,500 to three grand a month. It was exciting, but it was miserable, right? First big, big income months. And now I'm much more of like, if I have to work more than 10 hours a week, I really don't like it. And <laughs> right. That's kind of like where I would enjoy. And I say work like helping clients, right? Working. Right this is not work to me. This is getting to know right. you. This is, this is fun. And then having that income be consistently six figures or higher is kind of, I think where, where we sit, right? All of us want a million dollar year coaching business. And so when you have a free Facebook group that literally just add value, 
people don't, uh, my listeners know this, so it's not going to surprise them. People don't give a shit about free stuff, but all of them, uh, it'll amplify your authority to show how giving you are. And so then every email that you send at the end of every post, bring people in the group because there's an easy way that I'll share with you. I won't bore you guys as you're listening, but I'll share with you offline, Chris, in an easy way to cultivate group engagement, to really, really see some crazy catapulting things there. Then there's an acronym that changed my life when I embedded it in my system that I hope it does the same thing for you. And it's lead. So you leverage yourself, you figure out the things, the Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule, the stuff that is like, set your soul on fire. Do that shit all day. Like only do that. If not, then eliminate everything you don't actually need. There's a bunch of stuff that as entrepreneurs, we think we have to do that we don't actually have to do. So we eliminate. Then you automate everything you can through systems and processes and software. And then you delegate the rest of virtual assistants for four to six bucks an hour, which I have a whole bunch of them I can introduce you to as well, which is how now all of a sudden you get your time back, right? Because at the end of the day, we're both kind of saying the same thing. You work your ass off. You care so much about people. There's got to be some enjoyment left, right? You got to have some money in your pocket and be able to go travel the world and make an impact. And it's way easier when the systems are built around you so that all you have to do is just show up like, like literally with you and I. I showed up, we're here, it's live, and then I don't have to do anything else. Everything else just kind of takes care of itself, which is a really cool spot to be in. So, Absolutely. That sounds amazing. I hope that helps a little bit. I'm sure your business coach has his own plethora of things or hers, forgive me, whoever your coach is guiding you down this path. But I know from one coach to another, those have been massively impactful things that have shifted even my perception of reality, right? Because my next thing is, how do I get to a quarter million dollars of income a month? Like that's, that's like, that feels like a big, big number. And it's, it's scary, but it's not because I can see it now. And I think you're probably right. like, you can see the 75. And it's not that one right. is better than another, but like you see it and you're like, okay, I know exactly how I'm going to get there. I don't know how the past going to get me there, but I know what it looks like when I'm there. Right. I mean, you're driven. I, I really hope as you're listening to this, you eventually swing back. You see Kristen's website. Like she is so driven and focused and present in the moment. It's, it's really been great getting to know you, Kristen. I, I, I'm so appreciative of you hopping on here and spending time with me. Likewise. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed our entire conversation. This has been awesome getting to know you and chatting with you. Yes, you as well. Thank you so very much.